Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Well, Sean, uh, Jesse Winker and Joey Votto just left the yard within about five minutes of each other. So I'm doing well right now, but get back to me about the seventh inning and I'll let you know how I'm doing then. Yeah, how, how many times will the Reds load the bases with no out between now and, <laughs> and then and not push a run across? But Cincinnati's doing that tonight in Chicago. Kentucky football stayed busy today on the recruiting trail. And Derek, I always thought I was fast when I was younger and could really move. Uh, Jordan Anthony can really, really, really move. Yeah, uh, someone who who literally has world class speed. Uh, young man out of Tylertown, Mississippi. If that sounds familiar, it's because UK also recruited a, a guy from there named Jeremiah Dillon, who was also wide receiver, but he committed to Ole Miss. I think either last month or the month before. But uh, this is a young man who, in uh, I don't know what year, but he won the hundred meter dash at the Nike Outdoor National Boys Track and Field Championships. He ran a 10.21 in the 100 meters. So uh, this is a guy that, you know, you, you wonder, one, in terms of football, you know, he, he brings speed to your wide receiver room. This is what we know about him. But he's a he's a relatively new guy to playing wide receiver. I believe he's only played the position for one year. So uh, you can see his commitment. I think he actually did this live on WKYT. But if you go to WK, uh at WKYT Sports, you can see him at inside of Kroger Field. He's actually out there on the recruiting uh, patio. Obviously, he's the only one there. Uh, but that's where he picked Kentucky today. So, obviously, it would have been a stunning upset for him to actually come to UK Stadium <laughs> and commit to someone else. So, uh, but, but what I was saying about that, what you can see is this is he's very skinny. So, I mean, this is one of those kind of – I think the comparison that some people are going to make is, is Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, if you remember him. Not someone who's put up crazy numbers at Auburn, to my knowledge, but, you know, he's a difference maker. If you can get him in, in some space and with that speed, there's really no one who's going to be able to run him down. So I like this addition. We're talking about a, a mid-level uh, – he's a top 600 player in the composite. So a decently high three-star caliber player. But um, depending on where Travion Longmire might play, some people kind of view him as a wide receiver now. If you want to put Longmire in that category – He's the second wide receiver committed now to UK with, with Dane Key, obviously still a top target out there. Yeah, the 12th overall commitment in the 2022 class as well. Did you mention that he's actually Jeremiah Dillon's cousin? I did not mention that, but, yeah, those two were – there was some thought that they were both going to end up at Ole Miss, but uh, he's chosen – obviously, Anthony, he's chosen a guy out of state and that relationship with John Somerall. I mean, a yeah. guy who's recruited Mississippi uh, and the South as a whole very well for Kentucky – uh, a pretty big commitment there, I think, for UK. And this is one, to my knowledge, Sean, too, you probably didn't see this. You were out doing manual labor all day, community service. Sorry, I knocked my mic over. Uh, not not community service, I'm joking. But uh, Liam Cohen, to my knowledge, this is the first time I remember it. Liam Cohen actually tweeted about this one. He said, let's go, BBN. And he had the kind of funny, we were just talking about Talladega Nights the other day on the show with our movies. He had the Will Ferrell, I want to go fast uh, gif on there. So, do you remember any other time that he's tweeted about a commitment? I do not. I saw that pop up right before we started recording, actually, and it yeah got my attention. I was like, yeah, okay, this this is a big one for him. He's five foot eleven, one hundred and sixty pounds, three star prospect, held nineteen offers. Derek, most recently one from Florida State. So this is this is a talented guy. 
this is a talented piece uh, for Kentucky's class. And, I mean, that's a, a speedster that you could see making plays in Liam Cohen's offense in the future. Yeah, you know, he he's the kind of wide receiver that Kentucky did not really target much in the Eddie Grant era. You didn't get a whole lot of smaller, fast guys. With uh, with him there, you know, you got a lot of the kind of the opposite, like six foot three and couldn't really run that well. <laughs> you kind of get a whole roster of those guys. So there is a variety. I mean, you think about the transfer portal this offseason. Wandell is a smaller, shiftier guy. But then you also added a guy like Trayvon Morgan, who's 6'6", about 220 pounds. If they did, uh, get Denke, I think he's listed around 6'2". Not someone you would categorize as a burner, but a, a solid all-around wide receiver, I think. So we talked about, you know, the, the momentum had kind of been stalled, really. It had yeah. been a little bit since they got a commitment. And um, this put them back up to number 26 in the national rankings. So, again, you still have Dan Key out there. I don't think he's going to decide anytime soon, at least not, you know, in the coming weeks or anything. I think he wants to give it a little bit longer. Emil Wagner, four-star offensive lineman, still out there. Another guy that I think probably is not going to go to Ohio State. So, if you don't think they're going to go there, you're talking about a potential U.K.-Notre Dame matchup. So, still a lot to like about this class. There's no doubt that, you know, the board needs probably to be reshuffled on the defensive side of the ball. But I think this is a good commitment for UK football, Sean, and we'll see kind of if it sparks any other momentum. I would say probably not at this point because I don't think anyone else is really on the verge. But this is really necessary uh, addition in terms of adding speed to that wide receiver room. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And, you know, mentioned Liam Cohen's tweet. You know, he was excited about that, especially uh, given what the, the changes they're trying to make to this Kentucky offense. So a, a playmaker – there with uh, speed that can just uh, blow the top off of it, Derek. And I saw that – was it Justin Rowland that put out – that was talking about his comparison to Derek Locke when it comes to speed? I don't know if you saw that or not. He tweeted yeah, that earlier. Do you have the numbers on that? I know – I think I think Locke was 10.6 and this kid's 10.2. God. And we also know we – we know how fast Derek Locke was. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. So, two track stars there. Kentucky adds a track star. Uh, Derek, that, that definitely – it translates to the to the football field. So you can find a spot for that speed in some capacity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. And then moving on to, to, to another topic, Derek. So that covers Kentucky football recruiting. It's a big day for the SEC. It's a lot of news. I know this is something that we've talked about on this podcast for about what feels like a week now since all that started with mm -hmm. Texas and Oklahoma with all the speculation, the reports. And the SEC, we're to the point now that the SEC is releasing statements and everything about this move. This is happening. It's for sure happening. They, they said in the – is it 2025 is when they put it? Do you think that happens before that, though? Yes. I think it happens next year. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think I saw the money, and I don't – I need to go back and find the tweet. But I think they would owe $160 million to the big 12 if they left before 2025, but there's some thought that some of the money left to be paid from the Longhorn network would actually pay for, I believe both Texas and Oklahoma is how I understood it. So I don't think money's going to be an issue if that's what the holdup is going to be. So, yeah, I mean, could you imagine, or do you, so you think the 2022 season could have Texas and OU? I do. So you would have a total restructuring of the schedules we knew it. Yeah. So we might not be making that trip to the Grove. <laughs> no, that's what I was about to say. You can take that off the board. You can take everything else off the board. I don't know what it'll look like. Does it change to 
how Florida comes to Lexington this season? What what does it do to the schedule? Do you have an opponent that you go on the road two straight years and play? We don't know yeah, what it's gonna good. what it's gonna do. And another thing too, Derek, do you, do you think that this this happening? Do you think it will have any weight on whether or not Kentucky and Louisville continue to play when that contract is up? I I don't know. I would hope not. An argument that I would make is this is going to sound cynical to some. I think winning the SEC for Kentucky football is about to become almost impossible. And I think having a game like Louisville against one of your biggest rivals and winning that game will be a highlight most seasons if you can do it. So, in my mind, that game actually becomes even more important. Is that uh, deflating I, to think that it could be impossible now if you're Mark Stoops? I mean, it was already going to be really difficult anyway to have a – You're going to have to take advantage of a year where George is down or something yeah. happens, like one of those early Kirby years, that first year was ideal. Part of me says I shouldn't call it impossible, but, I mean, it's not happened. You know, 30 years of the divisional format, it's not happened. So, um, I think they are getting closer. But the talent gap on paper, though, between Georgia and Kentucky is still – it's massive. For as much as Kentucky has improved its program, I mean, it's still a huge gap. And it's the same way with Oklahoma. Uh, it's the same way with Alabama. So, if you're taking out the east and west divisions and you're doing, you know, top two, top two uh, teams – Per year, I think every UK fan would, would have to be real with himself and say, you know what, this is probably not going to happen. So probably not going to happen for the Cats. So we're, we're talking about Texas and Oklahoma here. Where do you think that those two programs stack up when they do get to the SEC, when it comes to the pecking order? Alabama's clearly going to be at the top. I think Georgia's got to be right there too, Derek. Where do they, where do they put it? Is Texas a top four team? A top no. four program? I don't think so. Texas, no. to me, if you get the right draw when it comes to divisions and whatever they do, if it's pods, if you're with Texas, I, th I think that's a game that, honestly, realistically, I think it's a game Kentucky could win in the SEC against a program like Texas. I think OU is, is right there at the top. I mean, I don't think they're not like quite Alabama level because they've had numerous shots against Alabama and other SEC schools on playoffs, and it's not really gone well for them. But the way they recruit, the way they run a program, I think they're still for sure going to be a factor in the SEC. Texas, I don't feel as strongly about, although they should. You know, all the resources they have, they, you should feel like they're one of those teams. But they've been, you know, eight, nine-win team here for a long time, if that. Some years I think they've had even fewer wins than that. So I think Texas more so is actually like on the level of a Texas A&M, uh, LSU. LSU is probably most years still going to be a better team than Texas, I would think. Um, but, you know, Texas, I would still say, is ahead of Kentucky. They're still ahead of South Carolina, Missouri, Ole Miss. You know, I, I think Texas is like top six probably around there. They're in the top half. If there's 16 teams, they're probably six or seventh at the lowest given so, the year. So you, would, so you would have in that Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, yeah, uh, Florida, LSU. Those are in the top five for sure. A&M in that top half. And then who do you think Auburn? Texas is like in there. I, I think Auburn. like Texas should be better than like Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. That it's certainly you could see Texas having a hard time winning the league in oh, the yeah. SEC. Like I, so I for think now, I mean, for, they have to get back to they have to to what they were before. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, part of part of doing that, Sean, is is getting the right guys. And I think Texas with Steve Sarkeesian 
hiring him. They they want to try to bring some of that Bama magic over um, over to what they're doing at Texas. But you know, until it gets there, I, I think they're a solid program. I mean, it, it boosts the con- the conference for sure. But OU is a team I still see that like it wouldn't surprise me if they won the SEC. Would it you or, or made it like or a top two team in the SEC? Yeah, and I think whatever the setup's going to be, I expect them to be opposite of Alabama. Honestly, I agree. and I think Texas will be on the other side of that. The pot idea is interesting. And speaking uh, of podcast, Sean, Blue Wire Hustle. It is our, our network's uh, initiative to attract some new people. But if you love listening to us here on Kentucky Daily, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host the Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show published at the Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to talk to us about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description in the box in the episode below to find out more. But That's bwhustle.com slash join. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Eric, that covers everything on the football side of this episode. And now we're going to kind of shift over to the basketball side a little bit here. And Scott Clark kind of dropped a bomb today <laughs> in, in, a, in, our, in an article with Sports Illustrated, Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated. Scott Clark, I don't have the quote. I did put it in a story today just talking about that he was hinting at possible commitments coming soon. And he said in the next in the few next few days, maybe weeks, Kentucky could have two commitments. He even threw out the number three. Well, I'm going to say one of those could be Shaden Sharp if we're getting down to that point. And Shaden Sharp did cut his list of schools to 10 tonight. Kentucky's on that list. But how interesting do you think it is that Sky Clark decided to drop that? I mean, you would think UK's lone basketball commitment would be plugged in on the recruiting trail as, as well as anyone. I, I agree with you on Shaden Sharp. I mean, this seems like one of the ones that by the time he actually gets around to announcing where he's going, it's not going to be any kind of suspense at all. 
which is good if that's the team you know if you're a uk fan and you, uh, some of the build-up can be fun but i think most people prefer to know what's going to happen going <laughs> in and i think he's going to be a guy who uh you don't have really any suspense as to where he's going to go but uh speaking of sharp sean do you have his uh he cut his list tonight right to 10 teams he did and this is like an old school uh cutting his list because i don't think there were any yeah there's not any pro options on here but yeah he cut his top 10 i'm seeing this from tipton edits uh, actually i see shaden tweeted himself but joining kentucky and his top 10 oregon alabama kansas ou future sec school uh southern california oklahoma state arizona texas and arizona state so Joel Justice may be doing the recruiting there for Arizona State. I don't know. I don't think it matters for any any other school recruiting him. Uh, this young man is is a very heavy lean towards Kentucky. The, uh, yep, the school right in the center, right in the center. Yep, on those of edit. all those of all those edit or the from Tipton edits. Yeah, that, that that's also a speaking that's of this a SEC thing, Wildcat. Yeah, and then one of the fastest risers in the country. I saw uh, there, there's a push maybe, and I don't know how this might be crazy. I think it was one of the national analysts, maybe at Rivals, is saying outside shot, he could be the number one player in his class by the time it's over. Well, so that'd be a crazy rise if he got there. I wanted to say that on our on the rundown episode that I recorded Monday, late Sunday night, early into Monday morning, I almost said that I think he could end up being the top player in his class. That's how good I think he is. So what we're chalking up Shaden Sharp to be one of those guys that Sky's talking about, Derek. He mentioned two. Obviously, Jalen Duran is a piece, but if we're expecting Jalen Dern to reclassify, Sky Clark is not talking about Jalen Dern. He's no. talking about someone that's going to be in that class with him. Who is it? Is it a Derek Lively that maybe wants to make a decision early? Is it a Kaysen Wallace who all the buzz has been about Tennessee? You had some Texas buzz there for a while. Now that's kind of shifting towards Kentucky. You heard Travis Branham on this podcast yesterday actually predict that Casey Wallace will be a Kentucky Wildcat. Is is that what it is? Do they get him on campus soon for a visit, and then he decides to commit? Lively has been on campus. That's why I'm, I'm mm-hmm. keeping an eye on that one. Well, he'd be huge. I mean, if you got Sharp and Lively uh, within you know a few weeks or days of each other, my goodness, that's like an old-school U.K. basketball hall pulling those two guys in. Wallace is interesting to me. I was doing some snooping and uh, going around the 24-7 network and kind of seeing what people had to say. I think there is still quite a bit of optimism on the Tennessee end for Case and Wallace, that they're still the team out in front. I think some of that could be some hope that maybe Kentucky got involved too late. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it does seem like it's going to be one or the other between Case and Wallace and uh, um, Smith. Nick Smith. Yep. Sorry about that. I blanked on his name for a second. I had the kid's face in my mind, but Nick Smith out of Arkansas. It's going to be probably one of those two. And I've not seen either play enough to kind of have a preference because I think you're talking about two guys actually who like really boosted their stock at Peach Jam over the past weekend. And another thing with those guys, you're competing against future opponents for them. If Casey Wallace doesn't come to UK, he's probably going to Tennessee. If Nick Smith doesn't come to Kentucky, he's probably going to go to Arkansas, if I had to guess right now. So these are names that I guess it's a good spot to be in. You know, you could most likely get one of those two. Um, but I do wonder how UK will will dictate. Will it be a situation if Nick Smith says, hey, I'm ready to go ahead and jump on board now? Do you just go ahead and take that and shut it down with Case and Wallace? Just how would you play that out play that out if, if that's the scenario? Uh, yeah, I, I just think that 
to me, I, I just have a, a gut feeling that Wallace will be a Kentucky Wildcat. I just, I really think that that's where he's going to be. I've mentioned Sharp. Kentucky feels like they're in a really good spot with Derek Lively as well. I think Cal is pushing for commitments here very soon to really kickstart this NIL era, Derek. I, I think that that's big to kind of jumpstart. I mean, this is the class that uh, we talked about a year ago on this podcast that this 2022 class was the reload when it comes to high school basketball and a senior class coming into college. This last one with Damian Collins and all these pieces in it, that class really wasn't that good. This class is the one that gets back where it's it's not just the top 10. It's those guys in the 15 to 25 range that are going to make an instant impact in college basketball when they step on a floor. I think Cal and the staff is really, really wanting to push this early signing period here about two or three months away from now and possibly have three or four guys. Four, I think, is the number they want to get it to already signed on the dotted line. And it would be great if you've got your point guard, if you've got a couple of wings. And then if you could get a big like a lively, then you can look at this thing and kind of see what you need going into the spring. Yeah, I like the idea better of um, I think having four or five high school guys signed see what happens with your roster in terms of NBA decisions on the transfer portal and then evaluate it whatever you have left go to the portal for those two or three guys I think that's probably the sweet spot I agree with that I agree with that 100% that unless you have to have a year where there's just like crazy turnover or whatever you know kind of like last year where you had to have uh Let's just face it, that roster had to be flipped last year. It had to be. Uh, I, I know most of the season we spent talking about guys getting experience, but I think deep down we both knew that it was probably best for some of those guys who did leave to make that kind of decision. <laughs> so this high school class, though, I think will get fans excited again. And, um, I mean, it's lively and sharp. I'm going to keep saying it. I think that will be one of the best guard – center combos UK has landed in a very long time uh I mean I think Lively if you were asking me like like I said on yesterday's show he would be the number one target for me just because guys like that don't come around with this kind of athleticism and his his movement at seven foot and one that's that's tough to it's tough to find you're not going to find a guy like that in the portal so if you can land someone like that from high school probably an instant lottery pick if he's just good at all and then sharp his scoring ability with what you know should have a decent quarterback yeah. from this team too uh, you would think right now anyway yeah so could be a really big year um, but I agree with you August is August and early September big months typically for Kentucky uh, basketball in terms of the recruiting what do, you, what do you make of the recruitment to uh, I'm pretty sure you say his last name is Buna Adam yeah Adam Buna I'm pretty sure that's how you say it it's not. I'm pretty sure it's Buna. I might need to double check that, but I'm I'm pretty sure. What what do you make of that? There's some buzz there with Kentucky too, Derek. That I'm seeing that could possibly uh, get him on campus for a visit, and that that might be a realistic option for Kentucky, according to some people. He's a center, right? Yeah, and that could be another piece to look at. You know, we've talked about uh, Filipowski and stuff the last few days, and how I think it's going to be Duke. So, could is that, a, is that another piece you could see? Obviously, it's still a little early with that one. We're not as plugged in as we are with following the Derek Lively recruitment and those, but that's possibly an option, too. I've seen that name thrown out quite a bit. I kind of like the idea of, like, if you're going to take 
quote unquote, I don't know if I want to call him a developmental piece. I mean, cause this is a guy who's a top 15 player. He's top 10 player in the class of, uh, on 24 seven, but he is not a bit, a bit of a weird thing. Sean, I'm looking at his profile right now. He doesn't show any offers from his top schools. So I don't really know much about him. He's out of Clint Capella comp from Jerry Meyer who, who looked at him. So I mean, development in the sense that if you're adding Derek Lively, you're probably not counting on this other freshman big to do as much as you would lively. So that is one position that I like having guys similar, I guess I bring him up because I think he wants to be here for the long haul, but a guy like Lance Ware, like let him get on campus, let him mature physically. And then kind of how it used to be when, when he gets to his junior year, maybe a senior year, you see bigger impact from him, but this kid, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about, I mean, prolific prep, um, you know, looks talented, top 10 player in his class according to 24 seven. So you got to think that, you know, he could, he could help a little bit, but I, I don't know. There, there's so much on this board right now. And I think UK is kind of flexing its muscles a little bit they with are. this new staff and, and just kind of reaching out and seeing what's going to stick. But um, if they can get back to where they're kind of picking and choosing who they want, and if they can jump on kids late, put the full court press on for two weeks and get them, that's probably when Cal's at his best and his happiest. Yeah, it is. And we all know that the next couple of days, John Calipari is going to shift his attention to the NBA draft mm-hmm. to see where BJ Boston goes, where Isaiah Jackson goes, you know, what happens uh, with those two. I mean, that's the two that we're looking at the most. And then obviously, too, Derek. Does the does the Boston Celtics do an honorary pick and choose Terrence Clark? Uh, I think that you could see that happen as well uh, in the coming days. So we're going to be following the NBA draft. I know we're going to have an episode talking about the NBA draft. We'll recap all that. And it's uh, stuck we'll, up on me. It, it's it's, it's stuck up on me too. It has. Yeah. I mean, late July. Uh, Say said the same thing about the NBA Finals uh, last week when that was going on. I was like, man, this. In a normal year, this is wrapped up a month ago, and now we're yeah, coming. Why, why don't people write the columns that the NBA playoffs are way too long? Well, why, how do they get away with this? Two months for playoffs? That's crazy. All I ever hear as a baseball fan is that 162 it, games. It's it, too long. Who cares about that? The NBA playoffs, why do you need seven seven games to decide the one versus eight seed? That's a good point. And two, it, it's crazy to think that, well, it takes that long, and, and and you get used to it, right? You have a game every night, multiple games every night, and then it gets down to the conference semifinals or the conference finals, and you have one game one night, another game the next night, but then you get to the NBA finals and you'll play a game, and you almost forget the series is going on because three days later you play game yeah. two. Three days That's later the you play game three. Nice. Yeah, I, I loved that setup that year, but uh, we'll, we'll cover the NBA draft uh, best of luck to those guys in the draft. Hopefully they land somewhere and uh, hopefully they land in a spot where they can be successful too. I'm, I'm assuming we probably should be plugged in talking about trades because you know, an NBA draft night, as many Kentucky Wildcats are in the NBA, it wouldn't be surprising to see one go on the move or something in a, in a trade. I will say that about the NBA. I don't, I don't watch a ton of NBA. I'm certainly not an NBA hater by any means. Um, they do a great job with interest in the off season. It's always probably the most fun sport to follow in terms of trades and roster building. I mean, it's, there's never really a dull moment in an NBA off season. So I do give them credit for that. And I'll be tuned in for the draft. I'm sure. Uh, just Thursday's a day game for the Reds. So 
I'll probably uh, tune in and, and watch. And I might have to write about it, obviously, if uh, Jackson gets picked. Kind of interesting, Sean. Uh, it's a premium article, so I'm not going to share too much from it. But uh, I, Isaiah Jackson is projected to go 24th to Houston. I had heard that there was a chance that maybe there was a promise to him at the Thunder at either 16 or 18. I'll be curious, and I'm actually hopeful he goes to them because uh, I would love to be able to bring our good friend Joe Musetto on yeah. to uh, talk a little bit with him. So if that happens, we'll be sure to get a guest and uh, talk about you know that. And, and Joe knows that roster very well, so maybe talk about the fit for a guy like Isaiah if that's where he ends up. He, he's going higher than that, in my opinion. Fourth, yeah, I yeah. think so too. I think he, I think he's going to push late lottery or somewhere. Value pick though, if the Rockets do get him that far down the down the board. Does, does BJ Boston sneak into the first round or is the early second round in your opinion? I don't think he'll go first round. Speaking of the Thunder, this draft actually, this mock from ESPN actually has BJ going to the uh, going to the Thunder at the 36th, uh, 36th pick. So that would be interesting. Hell, maybe they'll draft them both. Have a lot to talk to Joe about. Yeah, uh, but we'll uh, we'll be sure to cover all that. We'll cover what else is going on this week. I know you and I will be at Kroger Field tomorrow for the UK football kickoff luncheon. I know from noon to one thirty. Maybe we can get an episode out of that, depending on how that goes and stuff. But we'll we'll keep pushing out episodes to you. Uh, thank you all so much for continuing to download the podcast. We are on pace now with a finish to this week, Derek, for a record-breaking month, which is a very good sign in the 11th to 12th month of this podcast. Yeah, it is. And, uh, again, we I think last time we asked you guys to leave ratings and reviews, uh, some people came through for us. I think we had, what, three new reviews, something like that? Uh, let's see, six now. Oh, okay. So double what I thought it was. So thank you guys for doing that. If you haven't and you enjoyed the podcast, like Sean said last time, it helps us out a lot. Um, so please rate, uh, leave a review. Uh, our DMs are – usually have people telling us, you know, we've, we've made changes to this podcast based on what people have told us that they preferred. So we are open ears and uh, we like hearing from you. So thanks for listening as always. And like Sean said, this has been a, a great month. And that really fires me up because I mean, the fun part's about to start. It's just been, you know, talking about things for the last few months. We're actually going to have tangible football games to talk about before, you know, it'll be October and the basketball team will be practicing. So I think this is uh, just starting to take off for us. It is. And we'll be back tomorrow for more on Kentucky Daily. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you then.